0: Soul. Up and and to
1: you.
0: Welcome to Living Life May the Lord bless you as you spend time in His Word today. Have any of you ever had someone falsely accuse you of doing something or spread lies about you? Maybe you felt frustrated, confused, and angry about why someone would wrongly accuse you of doing something or spread false lies about you. It could have been a jealous or angry coworker, neighbor, friend, or someone who wanted to cause some sort of trouble for you and intentionally lied and bore false witness against you. Whatever it may have been, it it is a difficult situation to be in and very frustrating as well. There are many stories of people who were falsely accused of committing a crime and then put in prison for many years. It was only until many years later that some people of these people were freed due to new evidence or the people that accused them in the first place recanted their false testimony. It can be frustrating and maddening to hear about these sort of injustices in this world. In today's passage, we see that the exiles were rebuilding the city of Jerusalem, But their enemies opposed the rebuilding and started to spread false rumors and wrongly accuse them to the king of Persia. Let's take a look at today's passage to see what happens and what we as God people can do when we are falsely accused.
1: Ezra chapter 4 verses 11 through 24. This is a copy of the letter they sent him. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants in Trans-Euphrates. The king should know that the people who came up to us from you have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, the king should know that if this city is built and its walls are restored, No more taxes, tribute, or duty will be paid, and eventually the royal revenues will suffer. Now, since we are under obligation to the palace and it is not proper for us to see the king dishonored, we are sending this message to inform the king so that a search may be made in the archives of your predecessors, in these records you will find that this city is a rebellious city, troublesome to kings and provinces, a place with a long history of sedition. That is why this city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is built and its walls are restored, you'll be left with nothing in Trans-Euphrates. The king sent this reply. To Rahum, the commanding officer, Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of their associates living in Samaria and elsewhere in Trans-Euphrates, greetings. The letter you sent us has been read and translated in my presence. I issued an order and a search was made and it was found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sedition. Jerusalem has had powerful kings ruling over the whole of Trans-Euphrates, and taxes, tribute, and duty were paid to them. Now issue an order to these men to stop work, so that this city will not be rebuilt until I so order. Be careful not to neglect this matter. Why let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interests? As soon as the copy of the letter of King Artaxerxes was read to Rahim and Shemshai, the secretary, and their associates, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to stop. Thus the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius king of Persia.
0: Welcome back to Living Life. At the beginning of today's passage, we see that the enemies of the Jews are writing a letter to the current king of Persia, where they falsely accuse the Jews of trying to rebuild and fortify Jerusalem in order to plot a rebellion against the Persian Empire. They even refer to Jerusalem in verse 12 as a rebellious and wicked city. The king before, King Cyrus, had given the Jews full permission to rebuild the temple. But the enemies of the Jews put a bad spin on this, saying that if this city is allowed to rebuild, it will no longer pay any taxes, tributes, or duties. And as a result, the royal revenues will suffer in a bad way. The false accusers say they don't want to see the king dishonored. And if the king looks back on the archives and records, he will indeed see for himself that Jerusalem has a long history of rebellion and sedition. They claim that is why the city was destroyed in the first place. In a similar way, the church today will find itself being falsely accused of many things and made to seem evil in the eyes of the world. The world will claim that Christians are against diversity. They're exclusive and they marginalize minority groups. They will accuse the Bible as being outdated and old-fashioned, not relevant to the modern times. We know all of these accusations are false and not true. The Word of God is true and will be true forever. And Christianity is the most welcoming of all religions, where it welcomes especially those who are marginalized. Jesus went to the people in society that were the most outcast, the most Look down upon to welcome them, to love them, and to care for them. So for us as Christians today, no matter what the time, culture, or society, nothing can change the power and the truth of God's word for it is everlasting. However, the church today should not be surprised to see these accusations against it. The church has always had its enemies, and the agents of the enemy will continue to spread false lies and try to do what they can to stop and hinder the mission of the church. Even in the face of such lies and injustice, we as Christians must uphold a blameless witness before non-believers. We must continue to stand up for the truth and let our lives speak to the truth of the gospel. We must reflect the character of Jesus who also endured and suffered lies and great injustice even though he was the blameless lamb of God. Instead of trying to take justice into our own hands, we can rest assured to know that our God is a God of justice and he will see that things are made right. The truth will always come out if we live our lives grounded in the truth of God's word, and we have nothing to fear, for God is on our side and will vindicate us. How can you live out the gospel in your life so that the false accusations made against you and Christianity can hold no claim against you? Now, going back to today's passage, how do you manage the king of Persia responded to the letter he received? The letter certainly got his attention, and he responds to it. He agrees with the accuser's claims that the Jews are probably going to rebel. So he orders that the work on the city be stopped immediately so that his threat against the royal interest is put down. So the work on the house of God in Jerusalem was stopped. The letter the enemy sent to the Persian king achieved its purpose of turning the king against the Jews and forcing them to stop their work on the temple. The king falsely believed that the Jews were going to become a force against his power and authority. However, if you look back on history, you will see that God's people have obeyed the Bible's command to honor its rulers and abide by the laws of the nations as good law-abiding citizens. In Romans chapter 13, verse one and two, it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Even Jesus respected the Roman Empire that was in control during his time, and when he was asked if it was right to pay taxes to Caesar, he replied in Mark chapter 12, verse 17, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. This is an example of Jesus. So this is the example that we must also follow as we subject ourselves to the governing authorities, especially if they even pass laws and regulations that go against our faith and the Bible. We do have the right to speak out against those laws, but we do it with gentleness, respect, and in peaceful ways. So to honor God, We honor those that he has put in authority over us by living our lives as good law-abiding citizens. We strive to live with a good conscience toward God, seeking peace with our fellow neighbors. So I want to ask all of you today, what is your heart attitude toward the governing authorities in your country? And are you honoring and subjecting yourself to their authority, knowing that ultimately God is the one who is sovereign and in full control? In today's passage, we can see how the Jews were falsely accused of rebellion and sedition against the Persian Empire. As a result of the false lies and accusations, all work on rebuilding the house of God was put to a stop. Similarly, in our lives, there may be times where we may be faced with false lies and accusations. In those difficult and trying times, we must continue to stand before God with a pure heart and know that God sees and knows our heart. As long as we are right before God, nothing else matters. We trust in God's justice, and even if we may be falsely declared guilty in the eyes of man and in the world, we are declared free and innocent in the eyes of God who has set us free through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our God will vindicate us in His perfect way and in His perfect timing. We also see the importance of honoring and respecting the governing authorities, for they have been put in place by God, even the secular ones. We know that our ultimate master and our king is Jesus Christ, and he is in control of everything. So we live our lives with a clear conscience to honor and glorify our true master and our king, Jesus Christ, who is in control and sovereign over the whole universe. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great love towards us. And we thank you that you continue to work in and through our lives. We thank you that you are a God of justice. We know that you are just. And we know that no matter what happens in this life, whether we are falsely accused and have lies spread about us, that, Lord, you will vindicate us as long as we stand and live our lives grounded in the truth of your word. So may we continue to trust in you, not take justice into our own hands, but know that you will vindicate us, and that as long as we are right before your eyes, then all is good, Lord. We continue to trust in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you set the example for us of how to live our lives in this world as good law-abiding citizens, respecting the governing authorities. But may we continue to stand for who you are, reflect your character, and we continue to want to live our lives bearing uh, your heart and your love for others. We thank you for the example that you continue to give us, and may we live our lives bearing the true cross that you have shown us through through your life and your resurrection. May we live through the victory that you have shown us through the cross as well. Thank you for continuing to empower us and continue to be the one who that we can set our eyes on as we live our lives. We love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul,